0: Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk, Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors of Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-through of Strange Brew Coffeehouse or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. Be weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Horn Lake. Bruin Lake. Horn. Uh, either Brew Lake or Horn Brew. Horn Brew is does not does not good. It's not good.
1: Yeah, that's kind of makes me think
0: of beer. Like I'm drinking out of a Viking's helmet or something.
1: Yeah. So kind of weird.
0: Well, regardless of where you live in our great state or wherever you are, you can get Strange Brew Coffee delivered right to your door. Just go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and place an order for shipping. Whatever kind of coffee machine sitting on your counter. I got you taken care of at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com, that's the place to find maroon and white merchandise you can't find just anywhere else because nobody else has the biggest and best selection in central Mississippi. It's time to get new gear, guys. It's time. It's almost football season. We're practicing, you know, you go over to the, to the seal building right now, They're they're getting ready. They're getting ready for football. Are you ready for football? Or are you just going to wear that same ratty polo you've been wearing the past 10 years? Or – God help us. That maroon is all that matters t-shirt. Get rid of it. It's time to move forward in life. Burn it with fire. And then take the ashes and throw them in the ocean. You got to exercise the demon. Anyway, College Corner, collegecornerstore.com. Two locations at College Corner. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Humble Taco, it's Taco Tuesday over at Humble Taco today. But, of course, every day is Taco Tuesday at Humble Taco because they have the best tacos around, and they have tacos that you can't get anywhere else. If you're tired of the same old, same old with your Mexican restaurants, you want something different, you want Missis- You want Mexican fare with Mississippi roots, you want to go try Humble Taco. Firehouse Subs, locations all over the state. Starkville, Oxford, Columbus, Tupelo, Floyd, and Madison. That's what you should hit up for lunch to day. Download the free Firehouse Subs app. Place your order. It'll be ready within minutes. And then, of course, you get the reward points. Those sweet, sweet reward points that keep you in free sandwiches. You know you want those. So download the free Firehouse Subs app. Follow Firehouse Subs on Twitter at Firehouse Subs. They're always giving away deals and and promotions and things of that nature. Enjoy a great sandwich today at Firehouse Subs. One of the most exciting segments we've ever had coming up in the second half of the show as we preview the Missouri Tigers, one of our final SEC. I think this might be our last one from the East. I think all we have left is State and Ole Miss. I need to go back and double-check that and make sure we haven't missed anybody, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. But first, as I said just a few moments ago, Mississippi State starts, uh, we're not calling it fall practice, Robbie. Robbie, I want you to make me a promise right now. I want you to look me in the eye. And make me a promise that in none of your articles will you refer to this as fall camp. Um, cannot promise that. I, that's usually Robbie, what I do. Robbie, it is not fall. It is 100 and some odd degrees outside. The humidity is in the 80s to 90s. Nobody wants to be outside. It is not fall. The leaves are not turning color. And if they are, it's because they're so hot, they're dying. This uh, is pre camp. When you get ready for
1: the season, we've switched over to fall. I I, I understand your premise. I understand your premise, and I understand we will not see fall until October. But I'm still going to call it the fall.
0: Why not be the first, man? Why not be a trendsetter? Why not be the one who breaks free of the tyranny of calling it fall camp when it's not fall? It's not fall till October. Well, I'm not going to go on – I'm not
1: gonna go. I'm not go, gonna go your direction just because you're saying it. Because there's so many things that you say that I disagree with. This isn't one of so them. I'd, well, I mean, the, the fact that it, the weather is not fall doesn't really make me want to change my the way I do things with this. It's still to me fall camp. Right. Yeah. Just, so do you know, want you want it to be? Do you want it to be like preseason camp? Pre-season like keep camp. the camp, keep
0: pre-season. the camp in there preseason camp i'll make no promises i don't know who's going to be first in line at the cookout i'll be totally honest with you i just I, you guys just you fluctuate every day let the sock know right now he might be number one it could you're happen. just
1: so ornery and so triggered like a little bitty thing, straight like i wasn't going to call you like i wasn't going to make fun of your age and say that you're getting on up there as one of those you know ornery old men uh-huh go ahead oh, let it out uh, a boomer, as the kids say. Oh, oh, but you're starting to trend big into boomer? that. You're starting to trend into that direction. You see certain things that you, you block people just because you don't want to see something that they, that they
0: do. No, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. If you're talking about big game boomer, I block him because he's an idiot and I get tired of looking at his idiocy. So I just I made my life better. Just All mute right? it. No, no. I don't want to mute him. I, I, want to, I want him out. I want him out of my life. Root and See stem. that's this is what
1: a lot of people do that are are older, ornery,
0: okay, angry people. Here's here's two things. Two things. First off, I'll fully admit to being older, angry and ornery. I am set in my ways. I like things done my way. If I can't have them my way, it frustrates me. Now there are sometimes I know in this life you can't always have it your way. Not everything's Burger King, right? I can go with the flow when I need to. But a lot of things I want it done my way. Secondly, would you rather be triggered over little things or big things? Uh, Big things? See, I'm going to disagree with you. Little things like this, because what am I going to do, right? I get angry on a podcast about it. People who get angry about big things, like, lose their minds. Yeah, well, it it just depends. I mean, I I could get triggered in the
1: same way that you are by Big Game Boomer over something very big and have the same – or
0: similar response. Well, I guess you're just a better person I, than me. My thought. How does that being, make you feel, Robbie? Do you, do you feel like a big man now? <laughs> Here's my thing with, with Big Game Boomer he's a loser. He, sh- he should be
1: treated like the person that he is, completely irrelevant. Yes. He's, uh, there, he's done absolutely nothing to warrant any kind of response from anybody, good or bad. He's a troll, he's just some random fan. And people act like his the stuff that he says matters. In my opinion, is just ignore him. If you see his stuff, roll your eyes and I'm, move I'm on. I'm with you. It means absolutely him. nothing. I got. Like I, I, I think, I think out of Brandon. Life. Brandon's doing him a favor. He's brought him. He's brought him up to people. He's giving him exposure. He mm-hmm. brought him on that. On his. Uh, uh, yeah. Why did he let him talk? Space.
0: Don't give him anything. Just I'm act like you. the dude is I'm a loser and move you. on. As our friend. Steve Robertson likes to say, anyone can make a list. That's right. Anyone can make a list. I can go out there tonight and make a list of anything I want, put it out there on Twitter. It doesn't make me right. It just means that I made a list. Yeah. Well, that was not how I expected the first five or six minutes of the show to go, but you know what? I feel like we, we can do whatever we, ground. Ground. we want. We can like, do whatever we want on this show. I feel like we covered some good ground.
1: Right, I feel Maybe like we can make a difference, at least within this
0: fan base. Yes, block big bloomer is what I'm telling you, Probably Block just or
1: mute. Just don't ever just don't make it the way you Don't see his stuff. So if it makes you angry, just yeah, you're gonna have to block or mute. The
0: Even guy. if it doesn't make you angry, he's just an idiot. Don't bring that idiocy into your life. It just brings you down. Right? Yeah, nothing that nothing that he says has any has any it. You can't to it. gain anything from no. reading his tweets. You will gain no knowledge. No insight, nothing. I agree. Let's move forward. Can't wait to see how this goes. All righty then. Preseason camp begins on Friday. That's how all this started. Uh, State reports on Thursday, players report, and then they'll be on the practice field on Friday. Practices are open to the media these first couple of weeks. Um, and there will be coaches and players available. So there will be plenty of content coming your way uh, from, from guys like Robbie, um, so on and so forth. Definitely uh, check that out over there on 24-7 or wherever it is you decide to consume your Mississippi State content. But basically you want to go to 24-7. Um, and so now we make the transition. Now, last week we had a couple shows about recruiting. You and I both know that outside you know – they'll take commitments if they come in, but states recruiting for the summer is, is kind of – they're, they're going to shut up shop on that. They're waiting on Parson. They would take some other guys for sure right now if they wanted to commit, but it's not the same focus. The focus now moves to the season. So let's do the same here on Thunder and Lightning and move our focus to the season. And let's talk about this camp. I got three looming questions, and I want to avoid let the tackle positions. I got three other questions. We all know about the tackle position. We all know – that's the biggest position battle to watch. That's going to be the one that really makes a difference. But there, there are some other ones uh, for me as well. So I'm just going, going to dive right into them. I'm going to start on defense. And it's obviously, to me, the big question there is, who starts at cornerback aside alongside Emmanuel Forbes? You know, DeCameron Richardson had a great spring, really looked good out there. You bring in Marcus Banks. He was injured for a good portion of the spring hasn't really gotten off to that start. I think he's going to make a big push here in fall camp. And then you got the other kid, Hunter Washington, who you brought in after uh, the spring from the uh, former four-star player from Florida State. you got three – I don't think MSU fans really, truly realize that you have – you know, Emmanuel Forbes is a four-star guy. And the other three guys on that side are all from one – by at least one recruiting service, a four-star guy. That's – I mean, that's good talent to have, a good problem to have. How do you see this battle playing out? Do you think Richardson holds on to this job, or, or can Banks make that strong push that we all thought he would when he signed with Mississippi State uh, last year? That's going to be one of the position battles to
1: watch. I think it's a good, it's a good thing to have the, those talented players back there, but like you said, I mean, there's a lot of unproven talent there. I mean, Cameron Richardson is the most – experienced guy at that position and he played in like five or six games last year um at least you know extensively so i mean he's the guy that you trust the most and he hadn't even had that much that time that much time back there to carlos nicholson has hardly played defensive back at all he's a converted quarterback so while we believe that Nicholson and DeCameron Richardson and Marcus Banks are really talented. We haven't seen it from those guys yet. It's going to be uh, – these are really important few practices. And I always say, like, the, this fall – this preseason camp is really important for a lot of players in those position battles. The first couple of weeks, especially when you start putting on the pads, is when you start to see some movement there. And this is going to be really important. Who's the guy that's going to separate himself? And we might not see separation there. We might see, you know, a a 1A, 1B situation. And, you know, speaking of triggered, that might trigger some people. Um, But I think the Cameron Richardson has the edge. I thought he was really impressive in the spring. I thought he was really good last year when he got his opportunities. I would give him a little bit of the edge there, especially because he's played – Mississippi State before, and I would say Marcus Banks
0: is right on his heels. I, I would agree with you. you know, the guy who comes out of spring with the, you know, if, with the depth chart in his favor is always going to have a little bit of an edge. So what we're going to have to find out is Banks, Banks is going to have to be a lot better this fall camp. See, even I did it, this preseason yes. camp. I, I know. It's, it's Old habits are hard to break, but I'm trying. Uh, he's going to have to play really well over the next few weeks to get ahead of Richardson in that rotation. I, I always go back to the Kentucky game with DeCamry with and Richardson where Mark, Martin Emerson was ejected very early and he had to play the whole game. And you're thinking, gosh, you know, that's going to be a problem. They're, they're going to pick on him. And then the rest of the game, he played really, really well against a good SEC opponent who had an outstanding wide receiver in Wandell Robinson. I thought he played very well in that game. So I, I like Richardson a lot. I like, I like Banks' pedigree Washington is an interesting guy to me. You know, not, not, they're not saying a whole lot about him. Maybe they don't plan, to, you know, for him to contribute much this year. I'm sure he's got a red shirt or a COVID year still available, so that's not a huge issue for him. But, again, another another big-time recruit out of high school. I won't be surprised. And he, he's a guy that could be maybe a third cornerback in terms of, you know, a slot receiver if they want to put three corners on the field at the same time. I think he matches up well with a typical slot receiver. One thing's for sure is that this is the, you know, think about cornerback two seasons ago when, uh, when, when this, this group first got here. And you had Emerson, and that was all you had for proven guys, really. And even Emerson wasn't that proven. He was just a sophomore. So now, you know, you've gone from, you know, you had Emmanuel Forbes that year, but you didn't really know what you had with him. He was a true freshman. You had Asias Ferge, you had Jalen Reed out there, and you just you just didn't know what you were going to do at cornerback. Here we are, and and give Darcel McBath some credit here, because that's a guy who took a beating the first couple of years he was here in terms of recruiting. Cornerback recruiting was not great, but they have used the portal at this position about as well as anybody has. And then getting Richardson late in that uh, that class a couple of years ago that would have been obviously Moorhead's last class. But that, was, that turned into a pretty key pickup for Mississippi State. This is a, a – I mean, you've got four guys outside of the elite of elite of college football, the Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Ohio State types. Who, whose top four cornerbacks are all four stars? Not a lot. Not a lot. So uh, this is a good situation for Mississippi. I feel confident in saying this, that whoever wins this job, State's going to be just fine at cornerback this season. Yeah, I think that they're going to have the bodies there. My biggest
1: question with McBath and, and cornerbacks right now is the high school recruiting. Yes. We haven't, really seen, we haven't really seen anybody that you feel really good about right now. I mean, we saw those guys come in and out the last two classes, um, you know, that just they didn't work out, whether it was, you know, evaluation on the front end and then you end up dropping some guys or you get a guy recruited and he goes somewhere else. And, you know, I, I go back to that class where they signed, you know, the two guys late in the process, William Hardrick and um, Jay who was the other? Jay Hampton. Yeah. Hampton's, Hampton's already gone. gone. Hardrick last year got moved from defensive back to running back or wide receiver. receiver. Now he's back at cornerback. So you don't really you know. You know he's never
0: going to contribute.
1: It, wh- whenever you see somebody flip-flopping like that, I know mm-hmm. that they're, they're not going to have a serious impact at Mississippi State because you can't develop them. Right. They're moving back and forth. Maybe they can get something out of him now that he's here. But, you know, Aldavian Collins, that remains to be seen. And mm-hmm. who else? There's, there's no other high school cornerbacks on this roster. Is there anybody else in this roster after the last two years, a cornerback that's a high school
0: guy? You mentioned Collins. Uh, you know, DeCarlos Nicholson obviously is a, a junior college guy. Interesting guy, too, by the way. That's a guy that when he signed, we were talking about okay, he could come in and be that the starter for Emerson. And yeah. the transfer portal has sort of pushed him down. But then that's another guy that at least one recruiting service, I'm pretty sure, I think it may have been 24-7, had him as a four-star guy. So, or you know, a high three-star. So again, that that's the fifth cornerback for Mississippi State, a guy who had SEC offers from Kentucky, from Ole Miss. I mean, a, a solid player. Yeah. So but you're right about the, uh, the overall situation there. The it's just
1: really game. strange that yeah. the high school corners, this is not, and now, and now, you know, we're talking about, at, like, I feel like we, we've got Kelly Jones and Jalen Abram mixed up here mm-hmm. on where, where they could end up. Yeah. You know, the, it looks like they want Kelly Jones at cornerback, and I look at him out there at cornerback, and I, all I can
0: points. think is safety. Yeah. I and then eight, six, four, I think linebacker. I think he could put on forty yeah, pounds. I mean, you know?
1: I just don't know. For whatever reason, there is still, there still seems
0: to be some kind of disconnect with the high school recruiting at cornerback. And you look, I mean, you had, you had all these guys that you took early, Jeterius Elam and Tyler Woodard a season ago. You mm-hmm. took Kenneth Tolls and didn't, didn't sign him because you thought you were getting some other guys and it didn't work out. And then, you know, you just flat missed on Justin Wally. You, that was a, yeah. a poor job of recruiting. There's no other, yeah. no other way to describe it. Now he's an All-Big Ten freshman up in Minnesota. Should have been an easy sell to get him to play here with his brother, but it was. They, they screwed that up. Yeah, that should have been a slam dunk. So, I mean, you're but, not wrong. So having, having said that, we know that
1: McBath can recruit. Mm-hmm. We, we, a Deca- he, won, he, he outright won a battle, a big-time heated battle, in recruiting against SEC West schools against Carlos Nicholson. Mm-hmm. He won a big battle against Miami get for Marcus Banks. Um, and you know, he I, I think he won a big battle with Hunter Washington. I think that kid's gonna be really good. Yeah. So we know that he can win those recruiting battles. We know he we know that he can recruit. He's he's shown it. It just for whatever reason seems like high school, finding a good high school cornerback and getting them signed seems mm-hmm. to be has been a difficult.
0: It's yeah. Been, I mean And then, you know, last year you thought you had Kamari Rogers, you know, kind of in the bag and he ends up, I mean, it's just a bunch of stories like this. So we'll see if uh, McBath can get that straightened out. But this year, at least for Mississippi State, you like where they are at the cornerback position. My second question is on, is on the direct opposite side of the ball with the receivers. Not so much finding, you know, who are the big names going to be there, but you know what you've got in the slot. Austin Williams and Jaden Wally are there. You can count on them and rely on them. But you got to find your, your guys here on the outside. And State is so – Mike Leach's offense is so strict about if you're an X, you're an X. We're not moving you to Z. You know, you, you, there's no – like a lot of coaches will tell you to get your best four guys on the field at the same time. If two of your best guys are X's in this offense, they're, one guy's just not going to be out there on the field. So who, who, is, who are the outside guys for, uh, for Mississippi State in this season? I think right now as it stands, it's probably Tulu Griffin – And who? Caleb Ducking. Caleb Ducking. Okay. Now, you and Um, I did our our potential rank, our our, uh, projected uh, depth chart rankings, and we both had Caleb Ducking as a starter, but we both had him low down on the list. Do you really think he can step forward? And and we're talking about the guy who has to replace Makai Polk here and 100 plus catches. Is he the guy for that? Uh, It remains to be seen.
1: I mean, it's just uh, – it, it's something that we we just don't know yet. He hasn't done anything to to prove that yet. But I think just having seen him in the spring and just doing a little projecting, I, I could definitely see it happening.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but, you know, it's, it's just – it's one of those deals with a lot of these guys. You just don't know until it actually happens. You know, you, you have a lot of faith in this offense – And when guys get the the time in it, you know, he's been in it now for three years, which is hard to believe. And it should be time for him. He's got all the tools. He's a big, rangy receiver, physical. You know, he's played in in offenses that didn't allow him to develop in high school and in junior college. And now he's been able to kind of go through these reps and and learn and grow into his body, so to speak. Maybe not so much physically, but – in this offense, the maturity in this offense, he should be able to uh, do something this year. So, you know, wouldn't shock me if, if he gets it done. Antonio Harmon, I think, is a guy to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of those players that last year when he got healthy, we're starting to hear a lot of things from practice. Hey, Antonio Harmon looks like a dude. Right. You know, this is, this is one of those players that, you know, probably is a tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and some other offenses, but he's been able to stick here, at wide receiver, and not a guy that you would expect whenever you hear Mike Leach talk about, you know, they're not going to use a whole lot of tight ends. You, I, I, I'm, I don't know if we see a whole lot of Antonio Harmons down the line for Mississippi State, but maybe right. they do if he comes in here and, and kills it. But, you know, your, your outside guys, I think your top four are going to be Ducking, Harmon, Tulu, and Rara. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and Rara is the guy you know, that I said I think is going to be a breakout player this year, but currently I would say he's behind Tulu Griffin on the depth chart at the, uh, the X position. So it just becomes a question of how many you know, reps. I, for me, and I, I, I've talked about this before, like I don't understand, for me, why Tulu Griffin's not in the slot. He looks yeah. like the most typical slot receiver you've ever seen. Small, smaller shifty elusive great acceleration seems like he would just be a natural fit they've got him outside where you know a lot of times he's going to get swallowed up by cornerbacks who are just bigger than him so that's you know that's just my personal opinion i i know, i would like to see him in in the slot but at the same time you run into the same trouble there right because then who are you putting on the bench austin williams your most consistent guy Jaden wally who's been your best receiver over you know statistically that's remaining on the roster so i i it's good problems to have. It's good problems yeah, you know, we go back we talked about it just a second ago with the cornerback position, but Harmon, uh, Wally,, uh, gosh, Griffin, and then the two transfers, Mosley and Robinson, all rated a four- star by at least one recruiting service coming out of high school. So and that's you know that doesn't take into account Austin Williams, who you know is proven, Jameer Calvin, who is proven. And Ra Ra Thomas, who is proven, I in my opinion, I consider him a proven talent. So it's another good Uh, situation to be in. And and
1: a couple other guys to watch this year: the two transfers, Justin Robinson and Jordan Mm Mosley. Again, on the outside, I thought that they came on late in the spring. That it was definitely a transition for them to come into this air raid early on in the spring, but I thought that they were getting better. Justin Robinson's a lot like Caleb ducking and Antonio Harmon looks like a million bucks, Mm -hmm. but you got to put, you don't, they don't just give you yards. They don't just give you catches, right? You got to go out there and do it. We've seen some really good physically, you know, put together athletes over the years that haven't done a whole lot. Those guys, they need to get the job done. There was a lot of receivers that this staff was on now, the transfer portal. And they, and they, honed in on these two guys so you know these players are expected to come in here and get the job done um so but you know i think from a talent perspective this is a stacked room from a talent perspective from a athlete perspective and you know tulu is the smallest guy of the group but you know probably the best athlete of those guys yeah this group should be productive
0: I said it on Sports Talk. Uh, we, we did a, a subject or uh, a segment on uh, who, who is not being talked about enough. And I was just like, this I said, here's the talent that's in this room. You got proven guys, you've got guys who were highly recruited out of high school, you got a ton of different guys. And somebody is going to catch, just because of the way this offense works, somebody's going to catch between 80 and 100 passes. So for, and, and you talked about this when we talked about All-SEC stuff, that you know you get penalized because you're in the air raid. But at the end of the season, when somebody's sitting on 90 catches and well over 1,000 yards, they're going to be voted first-team All-SEC. There's a, One of the first-team All-SEC wide receivers is in Starkville. I just don't have any doubt in my mind about that. And, and this, this group has the potential to have a couple of guys like that. If Rodgers is going to be at 5,000 yards passing, and that's what we're going to project for him, I'm going to project that for him. Well, I mean, twenty thou- percent uh, of that's going through one guy. It's just that's just how this offense is going to work. So I'm very excited to see who it is. We'll, we'll find out, you know, in the coming weeks. Did you know there are twenty wide receivers on this roster? It's a lot. That's
1: a lot. <laughs> that's
0: a lot. Yeah.
1: Twenty out of eighty-five players. Mm-hmm. Probably a little more than that now. It's probably about hundred. You think about it. Right?
0: You got to have five offensive linemen, right? Yeah. In this re- offense, you got to have four receivers on the field at all times. And you got to have at least three deep. So, I mean, that's 12 right there. And then you got you guys, you're going to redshirt and things like that. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it just makes sense. It just makes sense. A lot of offensive linemen do 21 offensive linemen. Got to have it. Gotta and have
1: that's it. not counting long snappers. Right.
0: My third question at that this is the one that's sort of less likely to get answered because the other two are position battles. But are we going to start seeing a tweak to the Mike Leach offense in terms of the running game? We've talked so much about Chris Parson and what he could potentially bring to Mississippi State if he does commit and sign, but that is something that's, you know, at best a couple years down the road, right? Uh, It feels like, you know, you got at least one more year with Rodgers, and then, you know, you feel like Robertson, if he stays, will will be that guy. So you're a couple years away from having a true dual-threat quarterback back there. But we saw Mississippi State in the second half of the season commit's not the right word. But use the running game more than they had in, in previous games under Mike Leach. The Kentucky game, the Auburn game, which you know coincidentally are two of your best wins of the year, you saw State get, try to make a concerted effort to run the ball more. And not all of it's 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 kind of funny. You know that that little patented quick toss play is actually a pass. If you ever look at it, you know, it, it goes on the pass attempt. But it's it, it's but it, it's part of the running game as far as I'm concerned. So that's my question. It, it, do you think that we are going to see the first step in, in this offense becoming a little bit more of what the air rate is around the country and a little less of what is the Mike Leach air rate?
1: I don't know if we'll see uh, you know full tilt into, you know, a Lincoln Riley type offense or anything like that, but I do think that you will see some adjustments made. I think you're going to see a little more uh, of the run implemented I wouldn't be shocked to see a little more speed sweeps, speed option runs with, with the quarterback. That wouldn't shock me at all to see that. I do I do feel like we're – I don't think we're going to see the same offense that we've seen for most of the last two years. I, th- I think there's going to be a few tweaks to it. And I think that could be even further implemented whenever you get some more mobile quarterbacks in this offense. I mean, right now you you're still – wanting to play to the strengths of Will Rogers. And I don't know if the a strength of Will Rogers will be running a read option right, or, or anything like that. But I do think that you should entrust him a little more to tuck it up and run. Mm-hmm. You know, if you got some green grass, take off and run. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is, is on Will, too. Um, you know, a lot of people blame Leach for that, but Will has the ability – to, to take off and run if he wants to. And I think Leach even mentioned that after one game, how he wished that Will would have scrambled a, a few times and, and found some grass to get first downs and things like that. So I think that Will does have that opportunity if he wants it. But that that is something that could really change this offense for State, just scrambling a little more, you know, I might do that a, a, two or three times in a row and see how many yards I can pick up and take that defense out of a drop eight. If they're going to continuously drop drop back, I might just take off and run you know, a couple of times. I'm like, okay, if you guys want to keep doing that, I'm going to continue to just run down the field and pick up 10 or 15 yards every single time. And even doing that will change things uh, for your offense against a defense that's going to just be stubborn to – Drop, drop back eight guys and, and basically, you know, give you absolutely no respect. So I, I think that is going to be more of a factor for Mississippi State moving forward than, than anything probably is just allowing the quarterback a little more freedom.
0: I made a, a bet with Paul Jones that he has not paid me off on yet. He owes me lunch. I said that State would not average or would average less than 80 yards rushing per game last year. And they did. They were around 68, go ahead and say it, 69 yards uh, per game. Can they, 80 yards per game puts you like at 960 for the season, just shy of 1,000. Can state do that this year? I think they can. I mean, the big
1: thing is, you know, Will, the last couple of years, I mean, he's had, like, he has like negative yards rushing for sacks and things like that. So, you know, is he going to be? Can he be? You know, break even. You know, he had negative ninety-seven yards last year,
0: yeah.
1: and State had eight hundred and twenty-one. Um, so, and, and then your, your two running backs rushed for over a thousand yards themselves. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. I I'd, I think that I definitely think that's possible, and that's not that much more. I mean, they had 63 yards a game whenever you negate Will's rushing, mm-hmm. which was negative eight yards a game. So you're, you're looking at about like 70 yards a game yeah. from, from the offense without Will Rogers. So can
0: you get up to 80, 85, 90? That would be a really good spot for State. Yeah. Combined, Johnson and Marks had nine, if I'm doing the math right, 901 yards rushing. Last season,
1: just outside
0: of a thousand yards. So, can they get? Can they get over a thousand? I mean, extra hundred yards. I think they're definitely getting a
1: thousand this year.
0: We shall see. We shall see. Those are my three questions. Is there one that just stands out for you that I'm missing? I said we don't want to talk about left tackle because we know that that's the issue. No, I mean that's. I mean,
1: special teams. Still, I mean, you know, you got a good kicker in from the portal, but I just want to know: can the kicker hit the? you know, the, the average field goals. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't need a guy that's, that's right. just going to, to hit a 65-yarder. Just be, you know, just, just, just be that guy that's going to be consistent inside 40 yards. None when of the know, field goals when,
0: State missed last year that would have given them extra wins were 50-plus.
1: No. Just give me a guy that's going to be nails inside 40 yards, inside yeah. 45. Mm-hmm. If he is, if if you feel like every single time he comes on the field, in that moment inside forty five, that he's going to nail it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you're in great shape.
0: I agree. I agree. All right, let's move on to the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef it's what's for dinner when you're looking to cook something for your family for tonight, for tomorrow, or especially this weekend if you're going to be cooking out. Beef is the what we want to be looking at. So head out to your local grocery stores, head to your local butcher and talk to them, get some great cuts, great steaks out there, or hey, throw a whole brisket on the smoker, do it up big. So many great choices when it comes to beef, you want to be eating them. Remember, nothing beats the sizzle of beef on the grill. If you're looking for recipes, go to msbeef.org. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked Southern soul food. It's not just barbecue. You know, we, don't get me wrong. The barbecue's really good. But there's so much more on the menu there at Two Brothers. A lot of great options. A lot of great choices. Some of the best stuff on the menu. Let me give you guys a little, little uh, hint. And I'm, I know Robbie's going to agree with me. The sides. The mac and cheese. Delicious. The street corn. Fantastic. The cheese grits. The sweet potato fries. They're all good. Everything on the menu is good. It's not. He's not wrong. I was just trying to bring up one particular thing. But he's, he's, he's correct. The entire menu. You could eat your way through that, and it would be fantastic. So next time you're in Starkville, or whenever you're in Starkville, make sure you got to stop at Two Brothers in the Cotton District on your list. Great products and great service. That's something that every business promises you. The teams that deliver it, though, they're the ones who stick around. They're the ones who, who you can count on year in and year out. That's what Advantage Business Systems is. 47 years in the state of Mississippi helping businesses just like yours. How do they do it? Well, it's pretty simple. They offer the best products. When you need something, you know, for your business, you need a copier, a printer, computers, laptops, whatever kind of, of technological uh, product, products you need, they've got them. They've got the best names, the best, the best brands, all at Advantage Business Systems. And then when something goes wrong, you're not having to deal with somebody across the ocean. You're not going to hold for 45 minutes. You're not dealing with an out-of-state contractor to come fix it who may or may not be there this month. No, you're talking to somebody in the state of Mississippi throughout the process. That's the difference they make with Advantage Business Systems. The number is 601-362-9192, or you can visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Let's do this. Uh, Let's get this Missouri preview out of the way, and then we'll finish up with the countdown. Tigers, six and seven a season ago. I stand by my prediction that Jack Abraham will end up as their starting quarterback. Wouldn't shock me. I just—I mean, they don't have a whole lot there. Abraham is easily the most experienced guy they have. Why not? He's, he's been successful in black and gold uniforms before. It all makes sense. So let's yeah, look at the I mean, schedule. This is, a, this is a tricky, tough schedule, in my opinion. Their first two games are not gimmies for Missouri. They have uh, Louisiana Tech at home, and then they got to go to Kansas State. That feels yeah. like a, a buzzsaw waiting to happen week two. I think they get the week one win, but I don't think they're coming out of Manhattan with a win. That's a tough place to play. You know, Kansas State's in
1: good shape right now too. Yeah. Um yeah, that's that's gonna be a very difficult game. I, I I'm definitely gonna go with Kansas State, I think. I hadn't even looked at their roster, but I just you know, knowing their program and kind of, you know, what they've been and what, what they are at that place too. Mm-hmm. That I'm, I'm
0: probably going to lean that direction. All right. I'm with you. So one and one start the year out for the Tigers. Uh, Abilene Christian in week three, they'll be uh, two and one. Then they got to go to Auburn. I think we had them winning. Or we had Auburn winning this game a few weeks back. I think I'll stick with that. I think Auburn can get this win. Yeah, me too. All right. So two and two, two and three, because then they play Georgia. Then they, this is, I mean, this, this, this next stretch. I mean, this is a tough five game stretch at Florida, Vanderbilt at home. They'll get that win mm-hmm. at South Carolina, Kentucky at home at Tennessee. Geez, I didn't, re- I did not realize the schedule was this tough. It's not good. I mean, I don't think they win at, I think we gave Florida the win there. I, I'd say we, I would now. Florida, they beat Vandy. They don't win at South Carolina. They don't beat Kentucky. They don't win at Tennessee. Mm hmm. So that's three and uh, three and seven. Yeah. Ouch! Drinkwitz seat heating up very quickly. They finish the year. They'll beat New Mexico State at home. Then they got Arkansas coming in. They're not winning that game. That's a four and eighteen. Yeah. No, I I totally say that. It's
1: not it's, it is not a good schedule. For, what, for them to the make games a jump could here, turn
0: this around to go six and six. What are the most um, likely wins here? Kentucky at home, maybe. Really? Okay. Just because it's at home,
1: that's true. Uh, Kentucky at South Carolina's Kentucky's a game they, they, could, on the road. they could win. They could. Kentucky's they could, not they, been good on the road. I, that's and they something. could win at Kansas State. The one thing I'll say about Mizzou is they are the the thing that Drinkwitz has done is he, he has. He has been better at recruiting than anybody has at Missouri in, in some time. I mean, they were, they were top 15 last year. Yeah. And that – I mean, if he, if he stays in that range mm-hmm. – They'll get it figured out, yeah. He's going to figure it out. I, I don't know if that's going to stick. I, I mean, that – Yeah. But he had eight four-stars.
0: But if they're four in, and eight in, this in year, star, I mean – yeah, it's gonna to be tough. Be tough. That's
1: what, what did gonna... he do? What did he do the year before? They were, they were six and seven. But I mean uh, recruiting wise. They were twenty seventh. So his last two classes have been pretty solid. So he's gonna have back to back solid classes. So the talent's getting better there. But I just you know, I've I've never been able to really understand Missouri. You know, remember when they came in the league? Like they were they went to the SEC championship.
0: They were really bad they the first really, year. In 12, and then, yeah, I don't think people remember. In 13, they won, they only lost one game in the regular season, and that was a game against South Carolina when South Carolina was still good. Uh, And they lost, they they were up 17-0 in the fourth quarter and lost that game. So they could have been undefeated and might have, you know, played for a national title. Um, yeah, they had back-to-back. 11 plus win seasons. Yeah, they were really good. And then in 15, it just kind of started going downhill. And then Pinkle retires. And then Barry Odom comes in and just, despite having a first rounder at quarterback and Drew Law could never really get anything going there. And, yeah, and you
1: remember, like, they were like, they always had, like, it seemed like a really good defense. Like, they had some really good yeah, defensive well, linebackers. Odom, yeah. Yeah. But then but then Odom took over and it seemed like it switched and like their offense was really good and their Mm -hmm. defense was just like not very good. When he became the head coach, it's weird that
0: the defense got worse. Yeah. That's what happened. So all right. Four and eight for the Missouri Tigers. Two teams left. Not good. One of them you like, one of them you don't.
1: We probably won't see. Well, no, we might see it anyway, but Drinkwitz, you know, very snarky. Talks Mm -hmm. a lot of trash only for this team to be really average. I don't know if we'll see a whole lot of trash talking this year, but maybe you will.
0: We'll see. All right. Back to the countdown. Let's get today's game in there. A tremendous game. A game we all know and love. A game that might be the most beloved game for Mississippi State nationally. You know, you think about games that people outside of Mississippi State like to talk about. This is the one, right? The Snowball. 2000, New Year's Eve, Mississippi State 43, Texas A&M 41, played in an absolute blizzard in Shreveport, Louisiana, of all places. I, I remember this game. Didn't go, thankfully, so I didn't lose a toe. I remember walking into, we were in. New or- I was in New Orleans for, for New Year's Eve. Walking to a bar, and we're like, hey, can we get the Mississippi State game on? They're like, yeah, it's on that TV right there. And I just looked at the TV, I was like, no, the Mississippi State game. They're like, no, that's it. That's it. They're having a blizzard in Shreveport right now. And I just uh, like, I couldn't believe it. You didn't know it was going to snow that day? No. Had no idea. I was, down in New, I was down in New Orleans for a few days. I was worried, you know, in my younger days. I wasn't concerned with the weather as much. So
1: here's my story on this. Okay. It was on a Sunday. And so I go to church that Sunday morning and I was invited by um, a guy in our church, digging our church, Mark Dillard, great guy. He is. He really strengthened my love for Mississippi State as a kid, because he would take me to games. I would get season tickets with him, and he would take me to the games because my my parents didn't go to the games much. So I would go to to all the state games, and we were there through through good and bad, and we watched a lot of bad. We we watched the end of Jackie Sherrill's tenure the Sylvester Karim and all that. So he invited me to go to the, to the Snow Bowl with, with a couple of my friends and their dads, and we're leaving from church. Well, I forgot my shoes, and I had no clue. I mean, it was, you oh, know, no. it wasn't a very cold day, if I remember correctly. And they, he was telling me it was like sunshine outside. We're in Louisville, and I'm like, I mean, I'm just wearing my Birkenstocks. And so he was like, uh, he had, he had back then you used to print the weather off of the computer. Right. You know, and it, like you have it. Same with the, the directions. Yeah. So like he had, and it says, it says it's going to snow tonight and it's going to be like in the thirties. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it is not going to snow in Shreveport, Alabama, uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. He was like, okay. So, you no, know, no, I had no. my bags packed. I've, I got there. And when we when we got there, we finished eating. We started walking the stadium. It started snowing, and all I had was my Birkenstocks, and I didn't even think about it. So I get in the stands, and the Birkenstocks are like getting wet, and my feet were soaked. During this, they had we had to wrap garbage bags around my feet, like, and I sat there and watched. And the game, like State, was just you know Wayne Mackin couldn't couldn't get the snap. Yeah. Falling down that delay a game. Like, State was, did, was not playing well in that they ball. They didn't play
0: game. well early in this game, yes.
1: So, it was kind of a miserable trip until State came back and won. And we actually we, – we drove down and
0: drove back. So we, How long was the drive back? Uh, six hours, six or seven hours. Feels like I it think. should have been more. I know there's a lot of people who've told me they slept on the side of the road. They couldn't oh, get
1: it was Oh, it was awful. I mean, yeah. we – we drove back in the blizzard. It was snow the whole way, and it had snowed here when we oh. got back. But it was, if, if not for State, winning that game would have been an absolutely miserable
0: day. What, what this teaches is a lesson that Brian Haydad believes in very deeply. Men should not wear sandals. Well, these wear were – Wear shoes the, at all times
1: and socks. I mean, they were technically not sandals. They were just a the slip-on. They were covered. Your feet Okay, were okay. Yeah, your shoes you are that. covered. Like the these Birkenstocks, they were they're like I think they're like German base shoes or something. Uh-huh. And I think they're actually coming back in style. But this style back then were like the covered. Slip-on. Okay, so it wasn't a sandal. No, but okay, it, okay. it kind of was. That.
0: It was a, a slip on. Like the the back of my feet were exposed. I know you well enough to know that I'm su- not. Su- I would have not have been surprised. if You said you were wearing flip flops. Well,
1: here's the thing. Since that. I make sure that my feet are protected in cold weather every single year during football season. You I wear boots. I, I wear boots and I wear, you know, lose good warm socks. Yeah. Because if your right. feet are warm, your body's going to feel pretty warm. You got to keep a, your feet warm and dry. But back to the game. <laughs> the ending was absolutely thrilling. I just, I just remember during timeouts, like every timeout, they would bring a plow on the field, and they would have to pl- like plow through the field so you could see the lines on
0: the field. So what I remember about this game, another another thing that I remember, is Jackie Cheryl, uh having about two inches of snow on the cap of the brim of his cap.
1: Yes, it was literally
0: excellent. was like this high. So I remember that. And then this game, remember, Fred Smoot didn't play in this game mm-hmm. because he was uh, suspended. So a and goes up 14-0. State scores twice, gets, gets it tied. a and scores before the half, 20-14. to They miss the extra point, which ends up being crucial, right? State ties it again. Then a and scores a couple unanswered to go up 35-21. Then State scores two more. Dante Walker, this was the game. You know, remember, this is the last game of his uh, sophomore year. I remember watching this game and thinking, next year he's just going to be dominant. Of course yeah. he was. But 16 carries, 143 yards, and three touchdowns in this game. And then you go to overtime, and then you have the crazy blocked extra point that turns into a two-pointer, and then Mac can scramble, which I have immortalized above my fireplace uh, in my home on one of those uh, those paintings. Um. Crazy, crazy. Remember the John Michael Marlin kick that didn't go anywhere? You had that. I mean, just, just – just, And like just, I said, you know, like Mad- Madkin couldn't get the
1: snap mm-hmm. a, a lot of times. They, they had like a few delay of games, if I remember yeah. right.
0: Oh, there's a lot of penalties in this game. Combined 13 penalties in this game. Just This was yeah. the first time that they had worn like white helmets or That's something. That's right. In- and, and made those plans weeks in advance – not knowing the game was going to be played in a blizzard, right? Yeah. They, they decided to wear the white helmets because, okay, they're playing Texas A&M. That way the quarterback, you know, Mad can, can, can pick our guys out a little bit easier. Had no idea that they were going to be playing in a snowstorm. Yeah. So.
1: It was a disaster game, but, I mean, it was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And, it's and fun whatever to happened to that whatever running back, fun. was
0: it Toombs? Jamar Tombs, You got it, yeah. Yeah, that guy was like unstoppable in that game. I was he like, this is another Ricky Perrys Williams for situation. 193 yards and three touchdowns. He and Walker went basically toe for toe. Yeah. So, Some but you know,
1: the, you had the 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 blocked extra point mm-hmm. and the, because they they scored on like the first play of overtime. Yes. And I'm like, who is going to stop this guy? I mean, like they just hand the ball off to him, and he just ran to the end zone. I'm like, well, I mean, there's no way you couldn't do
0: anything. You couldn't. I mean, the defensive no. line couldn't do anything. The it blocked extra point. Back.
1: The block extra point literally won the ball game. Won the game. State. If it was going back and forth, I don't. I'm not sure. That I am not sure. Won.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. So, fun game. All right, tomorrow's game. Should I do another tease? Let me see here. Can I, do I have a decent tease for this one? Uh, no, I don't, so we'll just, we'll just leave it. We'll get to tomorrow's game tomorrow. Hi right, guys. Oh, but tomorrow also is the rumbling. So Robbie, if you want to fire off a tweet, we can get into that and get your questions in. We'll be happy to answer them on tomorrow's show. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad, Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk, Mississippi.